0: Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hey guys, just so you know, fair warning, I recorded this with a different mic this week, actually a handheld mic, and in editing I can hear the mic. I apologize. We'll be back to normal next week. Hey everyone. I'm recording this on my back book, but in audacity. You know, it's my weekly struggle, right? (laughs) So let's go hope that this goes okay. Hi, how are we? Was this week's episode of Teen Mom any good? Not particularly. <laughs> oh, This has been, I kind of, actually I don't think it's been a drag of a season because I've been interested in the Edwards family drama. Like that to me has been intriguing. There just hasn't been any of it in the last two episodes. It looks like next episode, we're going to see Larry like talking to the Ashley about them withholding Bentley from him. So, you know, that should be good. But besides that, I just feel like there's not much happening for Teen Mom OG. I mean, surprise, surprise, right? I did see that um, 16 and Pregnant is coming back next week. So I think that I will do like I did when 16 and Pregnant was on, I don't know, when was that? Over the summer? I don't honestly remember when that was where if it was an interesting episode, I would talk about it. Um, So I think I might try and do that just because OG has been so dull. And I can't do a podcast about a show that there's nothing to talk about with. But anyway, hi, how are we? Um, if you are interested in hearing me talk about things that are not Teen Mom, please come over to my Patreon. It's called patreon.com slash Liz Explains. The podcast is called Liz Explains It All. This week, I released an episode on the true crime documentary, Good Night Sugar Babe, The Killing of uh, Vera Jo Regal, which is... <sighs> probably like one of the more horrific things I've ever watched in my life would be a way to describe it. Um, It's like, it felt very adjacent to the wild and wonderful whites of West Virginia, to be honest. Like that's what it reminded me of, at least as far as like the cast of characters, but it's, it's really graphic and awful. Um, But it was interesting to talk about because the people on it were so, they were such characters. So if you want to hear me talk about that, I also have upcoming Um, an episode on Paris Hilton that I did with Troy McEady, um, where we just talk about how much we hate Paris Hilton for two hours. (laughs) We talk about her storage locker, but also the doc that she did on YouTube earlier in the year. And I'm going to do some more Sister Wives coverage. I did, I've done two Sister Wives episodes, and I think I'm going to try and like fit in Sister Rives every other week because I like talking about two episodes at once but guys I'm like obsessed with the Brown family falling apart and then playing it on TV like I I think Sister Rives is a bad show like I enjoy the watching the Brown family I guess but it's a boring show much like Teen Mom but let's be real most of the stuff that I watch is boring right like a lot of reality TV is actually quite boring if you really sit down and think about it and Sister Rives and it's 14th season has decided to just like lay out the fact that they all fucking hate each other, hate each other, and just like are openly fighting, openly talking about the fact that they don't want to be together anymore. Cody hates Mary. (laughs) Like, Cody said that he didn't want to (laughs) carry any of Mary's emotional baggage, which is a wild thing to say about your wife. Christine hates Cody. It's just, It's so good. Cody's been acting out on social media as a result because people are like, what the fuck is going on? And I'm just loving it. So if you want to hear me talk more about Sister Wives, like I said, come over to Patreon. Hear me talk about true crime, Sister Wives, YouTube, all the bullshit that I'm interested in that's not Teen Mom. I don't, I specifically do not talk about Teen Mom over there. I did do an Ask Me Anything over there and I had some people ask about Teen Mom and I was like, no, I'm not answering that because this is my Teen Mom free zone. So yeah, come to Patreon if you want to hear me talk about that. Um, I don't think there's any teen mom news this week. Oh, we (laughs) we did find out that Mackenzie McKee is writing a book, which, you know, like when I think of authors and who I feel like I need to hear their life story because they haven't put any of their life story on television or 84 Snapchat stories a day, I think of Mackenzie McKee, you know, I think like who do I need to know more about because I really feel like I don't know anything about her life. It's obviously Mackenzie McKee, right? <laughs> I know everything about Mackenzie McKee's life actually. <laughs> like so the book is called this is insane. Straightening my crown, conquering my royal mistakes. She the picture for the cover is her in the ocean like with a crown on her head like the side of her head and she's like with her hands I'm like visually describing this um with her hands trying to straighten it now straightening my crown conquering my royal mistakes um would make sense if this was a memoir by Meghan Markle you know like also for her to put this like announce this with that title in the same week of this Meghan Markle interview (laughs) When, like, everybody's thinking and talking about the royals to do that, I find especially funny. It, there's, how do I want to say this? Um, there's absolutely nothing royal at all about Mackenzie McKee. Uh, first of all, Mackenzie's a fucking idiot, as we've talked about many times. She's stupid. She will obviously have a, I think they even, Write the oh, this is full on with. They're not even doing a ghostwriter for this. They're like full on crediting the co-writer of this, which I mean is definitely needed. I mean, Mackenzie has made a lot of mistakes, but my question is, when did she conquer these mistakes? Because I don't see anything in her life that's improved because she's still married to Josh. Um, she still seems to not really be able to stick up for to her for herself, to her family. Um, she still is a racist piece of shit. So like I am not sure what royal mistake she's conquered. I also love using like a meme format as the title because this is definitely a play on that stupid fucking meme that like Chloe Kardashian will post where it's like women should be trying to fix each other's crowns, not take them. I is you know, that thing. Like that stupid ass thing. It's just Mackenzie getting a book is so funny to me. Will I be reading it and reviewing it for this podcast? Yes, of course. Will Jess and I be talking about it on this podcast? Yes, of course. Because why wouldn't we do that? Of course, I'll read it all. I'll sacrifice my brain space and read this book. Now, you guys know it's even harder for me to do to physically read. I'm a real audio head. But the idea of listening to Mackenzie McKee read a book. Um, I think I would rather jump off a bridge, so I guess I will be physically reading this. I mean, I doubt it will get an audiobook, by the way, although I don't know. Leah's got an audiobook, which I still don't, I actually don't know if Leah read that audiobook. Could you imagine, <laughs> I, could you imagine listening to Leah, like, well, first of all, it would take like four hours. This, her book was like 87 pages, <laughs> not four hours. It would take like two hours four hours is like a little short of a book. This book was very, very short. The idea of her reading an audiobook is hilarious. Um, I would listen to a self-narrated book. Like if we're talking about the teen mom books and who I would listen to narrate their own book. Um, Amber, I think, could do a decent job. I think Amber could do a decent job. Um, I think that's it. Kale. Kale could probably do an okay job. I don't mind the sound of Kale's voice. I would not want Macy. She talks too slowly. You would have to listen to that on a sped up speed. She talks way too slowly. Um, Obviously not Leah. Obviously not Mackenzie. I mean, I guess not Janelle. Not fair. Well, mm, like Kale and Amber, I think, could read their own book and it would be fine and I'd be able to listen to it. I mean, the content would probably be bad, but I don't think it would be it would be like unenjoyably annoying, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like it would be for Leah or Macy, but Farrah's would be wild. I'm want. i <laughs> I'm imagining the idea of like what it would be like to listen to Farrah read an audiobook. And now I'm curious about it. I would like for her to read her uh, erotic novel trilogy. I'd, I'd listen to that. I'd pay some money to listen to that. Remember Fair has written quite a few books. (laughs) Oh man, oh man. So I think that's it for Teen Mom News that Mackenzie McKee is writing a book. Um, we talked about Nate and Ashley breaking up last week, right? I think so. I think we did that. Um, oh, Tyler and Kate announced that their baby's name is probably gonna start with a Z. Like they called them at Baby Z. And here's the thing. I want to stick up for Kate and Tyler as far as naming their children goes because they... I like both of their kids' names. I think Nova... Like, I wouldn't pick Nova, but I think Nova's a fine name. Like, I don't think it's weird. I think it's... uh, It's trendy, but it's not trendy to the point of it being awful. Now, was Tesley awful? Yeah, of course Tesley was awful, but they didn't actually go with Tesley. They went with Veda, which is a name I actually love. I love like a weird name, but that's also not that weird, and it's a name that people have heard, but it's unique. I really like the name Veda. I think the E spelling's a little weird, the V-A-E-D-A. Oh, and her middle name, Luma, is not great. Um. That's not great. They're not great at middle names, but I will say, I think that both their kids have cute names. I think Nova and Vader are cute names. She actually asked for name suggestions, and it's a really truly unhinged move on my part. I submitted some. <laughs> I submitted Zelda, Zella, which I have an aunt named Zella, Z-E-L-L-A. I think it's a cool name. Um, Z. I think I submitted those two. Oh, and Athena, because I have a friend naming her daughter Athena, and I think that goes well with their naming scheme. Um, as far as Z names, I actually like a lot of Z names. As I said, I like Zelda. I like Zella. I like Zora. I like Zara. Um, Zoe, of course. One of my nieces is Zoe. I Actually, her full name is Zohar, which is Hebrew, but I think will be like such a cool, cool name when she's an adult, Zohar. But in general, I think there are some cool Z names, and I think that Kate and Tyler have done a pretty good job, all things considered, naming their first two girls. So I'm looking forward to see what they name the ge- the girl. I kind of think it's going to be Zelda. I think Zelda is like on track with what they want and their style. I also think that Tyler probably played a lot of Zelda as a child. Would be my guess. <laughs> you know, I think that that is a good possibility. So I think that's all that really happened this week in Team Momland. Like there's not been that much going on. And I think that's why obviously the episodes are boring. And I want to talk about Amber and why Amber should not be on this show. Um, Guys, I obviously after she was arrested for domestic violence against Andrew, you guys know I like really called for her to be fired. I at that point was like, I don't know if I can watch a show because I don't know if I can watch them. Like show Amber, of course. I came back around because as we always discuss, we can't talk about the ethics of Teen Mom because as soon as we start drawing lines in the sand, then we have to totally stop watching this show. In fact, we shouldn't be watching any shows that feature children on reality TV. And then if we go one step further, um, we really shouldn't like have any children Working as child actors, either because it's all exploitation, but you know, we like it, so we do. But I don't really, you know, it's just like I can't think about Amber the call for Amber being fired that I myself put out because it didn't happen and I still watch the show. So, moving past that, Amber's just so boring now. Like her life is so boring. We got in this episode a quick flashback scene and Matt is in it. And I like gasped and I was like, bring back Matt. Like (laughs) I want Matt to come back. Isn't it interesting how Matt like did not go on to try to be famous after Amber? Like I thought when Matt left Amber, he would be like totally... Um, like trying to get on other shows, trying to get with other reality TV people. Although, didn't he date Tracy from Love After Up? That's where she's from, right? Yeah, yeah, 90 Day, yeah, Trent and Clinton Tracy. Yeah, so I mean, I know he was like talking to her or something, but I personally really would like to see Matt like try and pop back up in some ways. I wonder actually if Amber would take Matt back. Do you guys think Amber would take Matt back? Because I think the answer is yes. I think that um, Amber is desperate for love, just really wants to be loved. And if Matt came back around and said the right things, I think she would consider taking him back. I think that Matt does not want to be with Amber anymore, would be my guess. It's interesting how he has, like, never sold Amber out, as far as we know, since he left. Um, He really is, like, a true Like scammer grifter, I think, because Princess Curtis, Princess Jones Curtis, (laughs) her name is not just Princess Curtis, but Princess Jones Curtis, the host of Buy Pumpkin, my dear friend who I have not had on this podcast in quite a long time because scheduling between her two podcasts and my two podcasts. And well, she does a podcast under one name, but she's doing two episodes a week because she also has a Patreon. And her having 87 children and me and a full time job, and me being in school and working and doing my podcast, it's just hard to schedule ahead. I am going on her Patreon, I think next week. We're recording next week. Just a little plug, we're going to talk about intervention. You know, Princess brought up, was talking about scammers and grifters, and she mentioned the fact that. Like, Matt is a real scammer and a real grifter because he, like, takes on different identities. I think that was Princess. It must have been Princess. He, like, truly takes on different identities everywhere he goes, which, yeah, I agree with. And I'm just saying I miss Matt. At least, like, the thing with Amber right now is that there's no villain in her segments. I mean, <laughs> Amber's the villain in her own life, of course. You know, we we can't deny that, that Amber is a villain, I'm not did not I'm not trying to take away from that. Of course, I hope that's clear. But she's just so calm and boring in this show now and, like, has truly no storyline. She can't talk about Andrew. James can't be on the show. Like, how much of Gary can we really watch? And I am calling for Amber to be kicked off this show. Now, who would we pull up from Teen Mom Young and Pregnant to replace Amber? I'm not totally sure. You know, I'm not totally sure who I'd want to see there. I think maybe we could pull up. I mean, I guess it would be Kayla, right? Like Kayla is the natural one that they're going to try and pull up if they pull up another girl. And yes, guys, I am talking about this like it's Major League Baseball <laughs> from farm leagues to the big show, you know, um, I guess it would be Kayla. But I'm really I'm ready for MTV to move on from Amber and not because I think like she needs to be fired. And because she does need to be fired, I'm not calling for it for that reason. I'm calling for it because she's fucking boring. Um, but let's talk about her this week right after this quick break. So I was pretty shocked to see that her storyline this week was that she was going to be bringing back uh, Forever Hot. hmm <laughs> her clothing line when they brought I was like oh shit like honestly I totally forgotten about that if you guys totally forgot about it too don't worry basically what she did was like a drop shipping business you know they're like is that what drop shipping is I'm actually not totally sure what drop shipping is (laughs) I think my understanding what she did is like basically kind of what Chelsea's doing except I think what Chelsea's doing is a lot more organized because she's doing it with like an already established boutique, but basically like buying shit on AliExpress in bulk and then selling it on your own boutique. Like a million Instagram boutiques are like this, right? Like you just, you're not creating anything. You're curating, which I noticed is a word that they used, which... <laughs> Okay, so she has decided that she wants to bring it back. But I want to point out that her opening segment line this week was, since I made my statement about online bullying and stood up to the bully, I'm feeling really empowered. Bitch, what? (laughs) What the fuck are you talking about? You stood up to your bully? You mean you got on Instagram Live and you like screamed into your phone? By the way, I haven't really watched them, but has anybody else noticed how Amber has been on Instagram Live? Like, every fucking day for multiple hours a day it's unwell I think it's because she doesn't have any friends um I did have somebody ask because last week I was saying like Amber has truly no one in her life and someone's like oh where where's cousin Crystal been I haven't watched a show and I was like I don't know we haven't seen Crystal in a while remember when Crystal was like getting her own segments <laughs> remember that when like They were filming her. Her, like, husband had left her and she needed new tires on her car. I say bring Cousin Crystal back. I wonder if she fell out with Amber. My guess would be probably. So she wants to do even more to spread the message of empowerment. Because when I think of empowering people and who empowers people, I think of a multiple-time domestic abuser as my source of inspiration. Oh, my God. She's such a mess. She's just such a mess. And it's interesting how she can be such a mess and so boring at the same time. That's the real problem. So she calls her manager to talk about Forever Hot and how she wants to bring it back. And as I said, we get a little flashback scene and Matt's there, like, being weird with the models, which, like, I just miss Matt being a fucking creep. Like, nothing would ever be better on Teen Mom than, like, when they would show him, like, pulling a producer aside and being like, I'm going to murder Amber and kill her f brother. Like, I, I just miss Matt being a fucking weirdo. He was good. He's a good villain. I mean, that lie detector scene is possibly one of the best in Teen Mom histories as far as, like, hilarious drama. Like, when Amber is, like, trying to, like, karate chop him and a producer is holding her back as, like, a fucking dumpster <laughs> truck. A dump truck, like, rolls behind her in the background, and she's in that terrible, like, gray jumpsuit. She has that, like, tight, tight bun with the awful blonde hair. Like, that's hilarious. The thing is, like, Matt is so awful that he's funny, Um, which shouldn't be true because he's such a bad person. I mean, let's not forget, like, Matt supposedly raped, not supposedly, allegedly, I guess is the word. He raped a woman who then I believe later went on to die by suicide. So Matt's like a really, really bad person. I I want to make that clear. This is not me like rooting for Matt or being like, let's bring Matt back because he's actually not that bad. Like Matt is a horrific person. But I think that Matt was like very good at playing that horrific person on television and like not having that in Amber scenes really is lacking. Um by the way, did we talk about this last week like it's interesting to hear her talk about empowering people when we heard those tapes of her talking to Andrew where she's like you're the ugliest fattest fuck I've ever seen in my entire life. I hope you die. You're so ugly and fat. Like I haven't forgotten that personally. So she talks to her manager and her manager's like, so do you want to like do it like last time where you curate some pieces? AK like, do you want to pick pieces off of Alibaba and then we'll send them to you? Or like, do you want to maybe like design your own? And she's like, wow, I'd like to love to design my own pieces. So Amber's a fashion designer now. <laughs> you know, like, of course she is. Why wouldn't Amber be a fashion designer? You know, like, Obviously, when I think fashion designer, I think Amber Portwood. She's just like emphasizing over and over, I just want this to be comfortable and I want all women to look beautiful in it, which like is good. Obviously, I am for plus size inclusion when it comes to clothing, um, (laughs) obviously. But hearing Amber talk about it, it's just always so fake. The thing is, I think Amber actually has like a decent sense of personal style now bear with me. (laughs) I know you're at home being like, hey, have you just totally lost your mind because Amber does not have good style? I'm not saying Amber has good taste. Like I'm not saying that I think Amber should be a fashion designer or that I ever look at her clothes and I'm like, I want to wear that. But I think that Amber knows what she likes and she usually like looks pretty good in her clothes. I think she has a pretty good idea of what's flattering on her. Although, let's be real. Let's kind have a whole conversation about how like the concept of flattering clothes is bullshit. <laughs> and it's like all just, you know, draped in fat phobia. The fact that we and look, I know that you can talk about flattering clothes within with people, too, but it's usually a conversation that is focused on fat women uh, so that your clothes make you look as thin as possible. That's really what flattering clothes looks like. And um, you know for fat women like when you talk about flattering clothes with thin women it's like it shows off your legs better but like the goal of all clothes for fat women the way it's produced is that you look thinner like that's what it means when it says flattering so I don't I've been trying to like walk away from using that language but I also am a human that lives in the United States of America and so all of this stuff is really ingrained in me and it's hard to turn off but I think that Amber, like, has a pretty good sense of, like, what looks good on her. I think she does like to be comfortable. I mean, same, hard same. I love to be comfortable. But I think that, and I, like, I wouldn't be like, Amber has, like, great clothes. But I usually think that she looks, like, decently put together. I'm thinking of, like, that outfit she wore to look at the trailers. She looked pretty good. She had on those riding boots, the jeans, like, a, a nice jacket, like, It looks a little dated, but, like, it looks okay. So I think that Amber has, like, a good sense of personal style. Do I think that Amber has a sense of style to run a clothing line? No. Do I think that Amber has the fan base to run a clothing line? Also no. (laughs) No. I think that is the biggest problem. I think that you don't need necessarily to have good style if you have an engaged audience, which is what Chelsea has. I mean, I don't like Chelsea's style, but Chelsea just dresses on trend. So the stuff she's selling is on trend. I mean, I guess like on trend for a specific specific demographic. But I don't think that Amber has like a truly engaged audience or I don't think that she has fans that like want to buy her stuff. So I don't think that Amber having a clothing line makes any sense, is what I'm saying. Uh, But basically, her segment ends with her deciding to work with this company. They have a FaceTime call. It's very like, truly do not care. And then she ends the episode by like FaceTiming with her mom, which we haven't seen Tanya in quite a while. If you guys have not watched her season, Amber and Matt's season of Marriage Boot Camp, which Tanya was also on, which I famously consider to be like the main storyline of that show to be the fact that Brandy Glanville from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills has sex with her dad. Like that is my main takeaway from that show. And I've talked about it multiple times. But if you have not watched it, once again, I recommend you watching it. It's a good class. It's a fun, a good cast, not class. It's a great cast. It's a fun season. And um, Matt is like truly a star on the show. And if you guys don't know, Amanda from Amanda Loves to Hate Teen Mom and Jody from Reality. I actually don't know how to say her podcast name. I apologize. But Re- it's Reality TV. Like I know how it's spelled out. But if you listen to their Patreon, which is, I believe, called We Love to Hate TV. I'm sorry if that's not correct, but it's Amanda's Patreon. Amanda and Jody have a Patreon together. They recapped that whole season of Marriage Boot Camp, and it's really funny. And they Tanya is like their main character because Tanya is a fucking mess on this season. Like Tanya spends the first three episodes essentially unable to get out of bed because she is in such bad withdrawal from not having her medicine. Um, Marriage Boot Camp is filmed over like less than than two weeks so like why she would go somewhere for two weeks without enough medicine even like op- like it made no sense to me even when I was like addicted to opiates, I was able to take a two-week trip to Israel because I like brought enough suboxone with me so I wouldn't get sick so like if I could figure that out like I'm sure Tanya could have figured that out but she's a fucking mess I will say she sounded a lot more clear in this episode so that was good to hear like Tanya's a drug addict they like kind of you know Tiptoe around it. They'll like mention it very rarely on marriage boot camp. But like Tanya is an addict who is in not a great place, and so it was good to see her. She definitely sounded a little more clear than the last time we saw her. And I feel like when we saw her in the FaceTime, she like looked okay. But basically, Tanya is like, I think you're gonna do great next week. There's a scene of Amber and Tanya having a meal together, and. I don't know if it's just cut together like this, but the way that they present it in the trailer is Amber being like, (laughs) Amber being like, well, I did my part and I just can't do anything else. Something like that. Like, I don't care about it anymore. And Tanya's like, But your child? Oh, she's like it's not my concern anymore, or something like that. And Tanya's like, but your child is always your concern. So I'm definitely curious to see like how that conversation actually happened because it's definitely cut to make Amber look like an asshole. And that's it. Amber is going to be a fashion designer now. (laughs) Oh god! Oh god! Oh god! Okay, let's go into Cheyenne who. You know, not much happened in this episode, but I did find it to be pretty sweet. We are watching the early stages of her pregnancy. We find out in this episode that she's eight weeks along and... She is having anxiety over pregnancy because she's worried about the fact that this baby could have a genetic disorder like Ryder does. If you'll remember, Ryder has V-clad. I believe it's called V-C-L-A-D. It's a genetic disorder which has something to do with the way she metabolizes food, I believe is what it is. I'm not totally sure. Don't quote me on that. Um, But she's had a lot of health issues as a result. They're always talking about the fact if she gets a fever, she can like, she can start seizing and she could die, which you would think they'd be taking COVID more seriously. Um, (laughs) Here's the thing. Like, I just can't care about the way that other people do COVID anymore. I am so tapped out energy-wise from like, watching these scenes and being mad that Cheyenne is with all of these people because I just don't like have that energy like I it's not good and I don't support it and the fact that she's always with like a gaggle of 20 people is ridiculous but like I just I can't let it get to me anymore because I just don't have you know 365 days in I just don't have the energy to like be mad at the idiots that are hurting us all. I just don't, unfortunately. Um I know a lot of people do. And I this is not me being like, so it's fine. It doesn't matter that she does that because of course it matters that she does that. The fact that she is always around other people, but I don't have it in my heart anymore to like be annoyed about it. It just I'm too tired. <laughs> but there's light at the end of the tunnel, you know. Hopefully by this summer things will be Close to back to normal. I hope everybody chooses to get the vaccine. I I really hope that everybody chooses to get it. If you are qualified to get it, you should go get it. it it's worth it. You know, let's all get the vaccine. Okay, so they have their first doctor's appointment, which Zach can't go into. They're gonna have to FaceTime him and. Her whole family meets up at the parking lot to sit with Zach. <laughs> Why they're at the she's at the appointment? I was like, that's fucking weird. Like, okay, I don't that doesn't make any sense. But then Zach like turns to Kyle and I think it's Kyle, Margaret, her mom, and her stepdad, whose name I'm not totally sure of. Um, but she he like turns to me. He's like, I'm really glad you guys are here. I feel really supported. And I was like. OK, I like that they like Zach. I I mean, how many times can I say this? I love Cheyenne's family. I think they are super accepting. They were with Corey. It seems they are with Zach. They are like, I think that their family is the type that like once you come around like a couple of times, they invite you for family dinners. And her parents are like really, I was going to say parently, but I don't think that's the word that I'm looking for. Her parents are very paternal, I guess. Is, is that paternal? towards her friends like I think that they seem like really good people what I'm saying is I would like really like to be friends with Kyle and Margaret (laughs) Cheyenne she's fine I guess I don't I don't really have a problem with Cheyenne like I just don't know if I'd really be her friend because I don't personality wise I don't know how interested I would be in being her friend but Kyle and her mom Margaret I fuck with like I think our Kyle Lynn is great (laughs) I think she's funny. I'm loving her shaved head this season. I think she looks beautiful. I think her child is so cute. I think Margaret seems so nice, so, so nice. I think Cheyenne's stepdad is very handsome. I don't know. I just really like them, and I like how nice and welcoming they're being to Zach and how excited they are about the baby. I just, I think the nice thing about Cheyenne's segments, even though not much is happening, is that it's nice to see on this show, like, happy... People And is Cheyenne rushing into this? Yes, of course. Of course she is. Of course she is. Is this maybe a bad decision? Sure. Sure it is. But at the same time, like, I do believe that even if something, like, happens between Zach and Cheyenne, like, I... I see how strong Cheyenne's support system is that I'm almost like, okay, well, who cares? Like if they don't make it, like whatever, like she's going to have all of the support that she needs. I think it's cute that like they want to come and sit in the parking lot with Zach for the ultrasound. It's very different from my family. (laughs) It's very different from how I am as a person in that like I'm a person that does everything alone. I love to be alone. I go to the, you know, before times. I go to the movies alone. I go out to eat alone. I go to doctor's appointments alone. Like, I very much am fine being alone. So I think it's a nice, like, I can't imagine my (laughs) my family. My mom would. My mom absolutely would if I asked her to. And, like, my dad would if I asked him to. Mm, Maybe. Maybe my dad would if I asked him to. But I, like, I think Cheyenne's family, like, volunteers to do it without her even having to ask them to do it and I think that's nice to watch I think in teen mom world that's not something that we see often because I think Macy has pretty supportive parents but we don't see them you know what I mean like I don't think most of these girls have families that are like that you are enviable I guess is the word I'm looking for and so it's nice to see a family that is that way so yeah, I like that. I thought it was cute. He was like crying, seeing the baby. And they found out that Margaret, it will be able to be in the uh, delivery room with them, which is great. They are letting you have like your partner, the other parent of the child and one support person. And I think that's great. I can't imagine ever giving birth without my mom in the room. Like <laughs> I really, I really cannot imagine that. Um, For me, I would Well, I would want my mom and also my best friend, Thea, who is a doula. I would need her there too. So, and obviously I'd want my partner. And it's weird because I know I just said I like to do everything alone, but I would really want my mom to be there. I was talking with a couple of my friends about it um, and they're like, yeah, I didn't even like think about having my mom there, but I definitely could relate to wanting my mom to be there. Like I can't, I personally can't imagine giving birth and like not having my mom in the room with me. Because that's just, you know, the type of relationship we have. And I think that actually makes us sound a little closer than we are. Um, I really love my mom and we are close in some ways and not close in other ways. Like We're not like a talk on the phone every day slash sometimes we go weeks without talking when I lived in Florida. That's just like how we are. But when it comes to like medical things, like I like my mom to be there as much as possible. So I just I can't imagine giving birth without her bear. So I was glad to hear that. I'm glad for people that are giving birth that things are starting to get back to normal. I remember a lot of my friends that had babies like in May, June of last year, like at some points being terrified that like even their partner wouldn't be able to be there and just it being really scary. I know my coworker gave birth in January and she was only allowed to have her partner there and she <laughs> she was like, She was like honestly I'd rather have my doula there than my husband but like I can't take that away from him so I'm gonna have him there (laughs) she's like honestly like just support wise I think she'd be better in the room (laughs) but yeah I'm glad for people that it's starting to go back to normal and they're doing the genetic screening and yeah that's it so I like Cheyenne and her family I do I think they're they're fine and nice Okay, should we talk about Mackenzie McKee, author of the year, hopefully future New York Times bestseller, Mackenzie McKee? (laughs) I have questions about Mackenzie's timeline, I guess is where I want to start. I'm pretty sure Josh was in Florida within a week of her being there. I remember pictures she started posting around a week into being there where it was clear Josh was there she wasn't like look who's here but she'd like post a picture and Josh would be in the background um, on the show they're making it seem like she's been there for a decent amount of time <laughs> but Josh comes essentially right away so Mackenzie lets us know that She is happy to be in Florida, but she really just needs some time to heal and grow away from Josh. And it's like, no, you don't. Why are you even pretending this? Oh, by the way, one thing that I want to hear about in this book is I've definitely talked about this on the podcast before, but before Mackenzie gave birth to Gannon, she had a like a late term miscarriage, possibly Still stillbirth. Like we don't really know the details, but this baby was named Oakley and she posted about it on our MySpace and all that kind of remains is like a screenshot of the MySpace post where she posted about baby Oakley. It was never mentioned in her 16 and pregnant. Obviously, it's like never really been mentioned since and I really hope that that's included in her memoir. I don't know if it will be, but I'm definitely curious to see if it will be. She is going to with her new boss at this gym and I was <laughs> was anybody else um surprised to hear the fact that they want Mackenzie to <laughs> sorry I don't mean to laugh because it's just so wild like I was expecting her to come there and just do like her body by Mac classes at the gym like to me that made sense although like I don't I was going to say, I don't know if she's like certified to do classes, but I don't know in Florida if you actually have to like be certified to do almost anything, you know? (laughs) Florida likes to live on the edge, if you will. you guys know I can say that because I lived in Florida for a long time. But I thought that you would just be doing like that type of shit and like posting online. But the guy is like, we want you to be in the office. We want you to help with the day-to-day operations of the company. We want to work with other influencers and we want you to head that. And I'm like, (laughs) Mackenzie? Like, full offense, Mackenzie's never had a job. Like, ever. And look, we all have to start somewhere. But like, I'm not sure that Mackenzie is who I would hire to do office operations for me and I say that as somebody that runs an office for a living who's not that good at it but like I think I'm probably better than Mackenzie could be I just was like really quite surprised to hear them say that that's like not what I assumed I also like didn't think that she'd be an actual employee of the gym I thought this would be much more of like um like an influencer type of situation or like a a renting a chair kind of situation. Like she would be able to have her classes there and then they would get a cut of it and she would, you know what I mean? Like she would take like 80% and she'd give them 20%. They would pay her to like post stuff in there because I guess it is good advertisement for them because Mackenzie does have a decent enough following and I guess if you're in Sarasota and you like Mackenzie, you would want to go to one of her workout classes. I have questions about Body by Mac. Does it really still exist? Is she really making money off of it? I remember when it launched, she was acting like she fucking launched PDX 90, like, and had that success. Like, she was doing Ty Bo. What was the guy's name who did Ty Bo? I used to do Ty Bo videos in middle school. What was that? Billy Blanks? Was that his name? Billy Blanks of Ty Bo. I can, like, picture him so perfectly and, like, the outfits he'd be wearing and, like, how the videos went. But like she's acting like she launched like a whole thing. And I'm not so sure that happened. Like I'm just not so sure I believe that. I think Mackenzie McKee is a uh, habitual liar. I think that's another thing that really drives me up a wall about her is that I think she just lies all of the time. Like I think she lies about everything. And I think that she will sell like two Body by Mac videos and then we'll get on and be like, we are sold out. But it's like, First of all, like you can't really sell out of digital copies of workout videos. <laughs> I so we'll see what this like gym job is for her. I'm I'm like your job is being on teen mom. Like you that's your job and like posting Instagram ads. So you're going to have like a job outside of that? I'm just not I'm not so sure. So she brings the kids to the gym because she has to film a new body by Mac thing. And she lets us know that her kids are acting out because they really miss Josh. Now, I think I do a pretty good job on this podcast of not talking shit about kids, right? Like that's not really my go-to. I'm not really interested in like talking about kids being bad because I think most time when kids are bad, it's a reflection of their parents. Not all the time. I think there are definitely just some kids that are bad and the parents try everything they can and it's so really just hard to manage them. But in general, I think that Mackenzie McKee's kids are bad because Mackenzie and Josh are bad parents. Um, Mackenzie just lets them like while out. And I think that Mackenzie saying that her kids were acting out because they missed Josh was pretty rich because I remember that fucking Instagram post she wrote where she was like trying to be a hashtag relatable mom. And she said that her kids like smeared shit all over a Sephora and like knocked down an entire display of makeup and then ripped a ferret in half. So Josh was around when that happened. So I think that they're just... Bad kids. I think they're, I don't want to say they're bad kids. I don't think that's fair. I think that they're poorly behaved kids because they don't have anybody like actively parenting them. I think Angie was their main parenting figure, unfortunately. I don't think Mackenzie really has the ability to have a lot of structure. But in the end, she decides that she is going to invite Josh to move down there because the kids need him and it's like I wish you would just be honest and be like I want him to be down here because like yeah of course your kids miss their dad but also it's like what you made the choice right like you made this choice that you were moving to Florida and it's not like she and Josh made the decision to move to Florida then they broke up and she's like well I'm still gonna go and he's like well I'm gonna stay that would be different she made this choice like while she was separated from Josh whatever they're calling it like why they were not together she made the decision that she was going to move the kids without Josh to Florida so hearing her be like this is devastating I can't believe how much the kid's miss their dad this isn't right it's like well what did you expect you moved your children like a thousand miles away from their father like yeah you miss like of course they miss each other but like that was a always going to be the thing. Like, I don't know. I just, I feel like she's acting like she just like magically ended up in Florida without Josh and that like he bailed on them essentially when it was like totally her decision to move her kids so far away from Josh. But he's coming to Florida. Thank God we missed him. I can't wait to watch this season, how he's the best husband she ever could ever imagine. He's everything. They love each other so much. All right. Let's talk about Caitlin. This was a weird episode with Caitlyn and Tyler. I So in the fall, Caitlyn had been posting nonstop about this, like, sex offender that worked at their daycare. And I was like, oh, that's awful. But then she, like, kept posting about it and was, like, doing her clickbait stuff about it. Because, you know, like, Kate will, like, allow... She doesn't post them herself. Like, they don't post the clickbait articles themselves. But, like, Kate will allow for a post on her Instagram to be, like, Nova in danger? Nova being watched by predators? Like, click here. (laughs) Link in bio. (laughs) I don't mean to laugh because it's actually despicable, but I had really, like, checked out of this because it just became such a clickbait thing for her. But now we find out – well, not now, I'm sure – I'm sure we knew this. I just didn't know this that the owner of Nova's preschool, the owner's husband, is a registered sex offender. And I guess just nobody knew that, which is absolutely scary. I would be really upset if I found that out, um, especially if they'd been planning on sending Veda there. Especially, I can imagine, like, you know, Nova's not there anymore. She's in kindergarten, but I can imagine. Like the sense of betrayal it probably feels even if you don't actively have a kid there like I trusted you every day with my child to keep my child safe and to watch my child and now I'm finding out that like a registered sex offender was around them and you allowed that and even though nothing happened necessarily I would still feel I think very upset to find that out so I get why they're upset but They've decided it's time to start talking to Nova about like abuse and keeping her safe, which totally, I think is totally correct. I think that you should be having these conversations with kids from a very young age. I think that a big part of the reason that <sighs> sexual abuse can go so underreported in children, not this isn't all of it, but like a part of it is definitely that like we are not giving small children um, education to know what's happening to them. And like, I think that a lot of kids don't even realize that they're being abused. Like, I think they might realize that, like, they don't like it, they're scared, it feels bad, but they don't realize that they're being assaulted because they don't have any concept of that. And I understand it's, like, hard to teach kids that, but I think it's really important to teach kids that. And I know it's becoming more of the norm. I think as children, like, my generation our generation for the listeners probably were just taught like stay away from like strangers and like scream no like I think that's all we learned I don't remember ever learning like this is this and this is this. And if somebody touches you here, this is what you do. And this is who you tell. Like, And I had pretty progressive parents and I I just don't remember that ever being talked about because I just don't think it was in the conscious of society to talk about it. So I was glad to hear Kate and Tyler decide that they want to talk about it. Um, And I think I do think that a really important way to do it, and I'll talk about this with Macy, is that your children understand what their bodies are, that what a penis is, what a vagina is why we don't touch them, like, why we don't let other people touch them, why only our family members supposed to see this, things like that, you know? Like, I think that that should start from, like, a very early age, like, younger than Nova. I think that kids should know as toddlers, like, what their body parts are. Um, so, you know, they decided to – well, actually, I like this. They consulted an organization. It was called Blue – I actually – I – thought I wrote it down, but I don't. Oh, Blue Sky Bridge. And it looks like they spoke with a social worker as well as like an educator, which I thought was great. And the social worker and educator said that their teaching focuses on teaching the kids their bubbles, which means that like they have a bubble around them of personal space and that when somebody crosses the bubble, they say no. And that's when they should tell someone, which I I guess is a good concept. I don't know. I'm not really like an expert on any of this. So I don't want to say if that's like a good concept or not. I think that that's a good concept, but it needs more. Like it also needs the like the body education along with it. I think that it's not enough to just be like, don't let people in your bubble because like a, predators are good at convincing Children to do things, you know, so I'm not so sure the bubble thing works. Although I think the bubble thing is good for children interact, like playing with one another. I think it's good to have that language for them to be like, Get out of my bubble. So Kate and Tyler, <laughs> I don't know if this was just the way MTV edited it, <laughs> but they just like have this space and they're like, This is mommy's bubble. This is a bubble. <laughs> There's a funny little line where Nova brought home like this thing, this piece of paper. And I guess she like the teacher, you know, wrote down for them like the things that they like. And Nova said she loves to play Fortnite. And they were laughing because she's like never played Fortnite. (laughs) By the way, the Fortnite song that's sung to the tune of American Girl uh, by Estelle on TikTok is probably the best thing that I've ever heard in my life. It lights my brain up in a way that I cannot fully explain. And you should go listen to it. I'm sure if you just Google like Fortnite song TikTok, it will come up. It's wonderful. It's perfect. It it It's like ASMR to my brain. I don't know what it is, but I love it. Okay. So they talk to her and they're like, you know, it's like a bub. Like, I don't know. They just like, it's just a weird conversation that I didn't really understand what they were saying, but I hope that this was just edited by MTV. Oh, I forgot to mention, like, Tyler was molested as a child by one of his uh, older sister's friends. So I, like, I believe that they take this very seriously. I think that they just don't have necessarily the language to talk to their kid about it. So then they're like, We want to make sure that Nova knew what we were talking about. And I'm like, What did she? <laughs> So they're playing Simon Says and then they mention something about the bubble. And then I guess like this is when I, I was like, we had that, we watched our conversation. I was like, I don't think they did a good job with that. But when they're playing the Simon Says game, Nova volunteers that somebody was in her bubble. So I thought that was good because like she clearly had an understanding. They were like, well, what happened With there was like a boy that loves her and wants to marry her or something, you know, just like normal five year old shit. And he was, she was like, he went in my bubble and like with her arms, like showed the bubble. And I thought that was good. I mean, obviously she understood the concept of the bubble. So I think that they must have talked about it more. They just had like that one on camera conversation. But I do hope that they continue to talk to her. I hope that they do some more sex ed so that. We don't get to where Macy is, who I'm going to talk about now, who has decided that Bentley needs to hear about the birds and the bees. But before that, in the very first moments, (laughs) Jade calls Maverick a titty baby. (laughs) Where did she hear that? (laughs) Jade is what, four, five? I think she's probably the same. Is Jade in kindergarten yet? I can't remember. But... (laughs) Jade calling Maverick a titty baby is like, what the fuck? I was very surprised by that. So apparently Bentley came home from school and their Bible class was split into like boys groups and girls groups. And Bentley was like, I wonder why they did that. And Macy was like, oh, probably because like the birds and the bees, that's when they're going to have that conversation. And Bentley's like, what? Or or, Macy said they're probably going to talk about sex. And Bentley said what? Like he didn't know what sex was. I don't know. I find it hard to believe that a boy in middle school in 2021 has not watched porn. Um, I I find it hard to believe he does not have a friend that has like unfiltered internet access. I mean, I hope he doesn't, but I think that probably happened. I mean, he's in middle school and uh, that shit's pervasive. So I, I don't think that Bentley doesn't know about sex is what I'm saying. But Macy and Taylor decide that not only are they going to talk to Bentley about it, but they're going to do it on camera specifically because they even crack a joke about how funny it is that they're going to be able to do it on camera and that they'll have the memory of it, which I just, this I don't like. I found this to be very weird and uncomfortable and unfair to Bentley that they were bringing such a serious topic to him. Um and an embarrassing topic to him and like making him have the conversation on camera, I found to be gross. Honestly, like I, Bentley seemed fine with it, but I've, here's another thing. Like, I think a lot of these kids are in the moment fine with filming because they've been filming their entire lives. Like Bentley has been filming his entire life. So To ask Bentley, like, is it okay if we film this? I think his – him saying yes, like, I'm not sure that a child really has the ability to consent to things like that, especially if they've been on camera their whole life and this is just, like, what they do and it's just normal in their family. And I think that's when a parent should be forced to, like, override, basically, and be like, we're going to have this conversation in private, I remember – thinking about this when um, they asked Aubrey if she wanted to film after the visitation center and she said yes and I just was like I don't know it's like how do you ask a kid if they want to film if they've been filmed their whole life like does a kid have the maturity and the context to understand what they're consenting to I kind of think the answer is no personally so um, we do get a little cutaway of the Edwards family talking about this is so weird first of all I will say Ryan looked together like he looked pretty non-high in this scene his eyes were open he looked normal he looked like he had taken a shower I was actually pleased to see that he looked pretty good but they must have MTV this is two episodes in a row that it's very obvious that MTV is letting the Edwards know like what Macy's storyline is so that they need to talk about it to correspond with it and Bentley or Ryan's like I wonder if Bentley's having that bees talk. And then they kind of laugh about the fact that Jen never spoke about the birds and the bees with Bentley. And she's like, I talked about condoms with you. And Ryan's like, obviously not. <laughs> oh, my God. First of all, Ryan was like a an adult when Macy got pregnant. He was like 19 or 20. So I think he was like a little past the birds and the bees combo. Um, although we did see a cute little flashback of... Macy's 16 and pregnant and she's with Jen and Larry and Ryan and they're like, Macy, didn't anyone teach you about the birds and the bees? And they're all laughing, which, you know, better days. It was nice to see that. But I am not surprised that Jen and Larry did not have that conversation with Ryan it's just a weird little scene that we're like see I don't know I wish like a producer they would just show us the producer being like hey guys Macy's talking to Bentley about the birds and the bees how do you feel about that do you want to have a conversation about that because it's like I'm supposed to just believe that they're like naturally sitting around thinking about the boys like thinking about Bentley having a conversation with Taylor Macy about the birds and the bees no First of all, I fucking, why are we, why am I saying birds and the bees over and over again? I don't like that. (laughs) I don't like that conversation. I don't like that. What is it? A euphemism? Yeah, I guess that's what it is. So they bring Bentley on camera and have a conversation with him. It's Taylor, Bentley, and Macy. And they sit him down. He doesn't really even know what they're going to talk about. And she's like, you know how a Bible class, you know, they put you in separate classes. Although Bentley does let us know that his voice cracked. which is Bentley's getting older. His voice is going to drop soon. It's so crazy. Bentley's like, is this what we're going to talk about? And he's embarrassed and they start laughing and they're kind of having a laugh about it all. Macy's like, do you remember a Maverick was born? Where do you think he came out of? And Bentley like very matter of factly says her belly. And I was like, oh, <laughs> like I, I'm sorry if your 12-year-old like doesn't understand that a baby comes from a vagina yet like you've fucked up I I'm not a parent but I will say that with authority like a 12-year-old should understand basic anatomy and reproduction like especially in this age of internet porn and it's just important I don't know I think it's important that you are the one that teaches your kids this and it should be an ongoing conversation and I think that like a kid in middle school should understand that a baby doesn't like pop out of somebody's belly. So Macy's like, no. And she goes, what do girls have? And Bentley says a vagina. And she's like, what do boys have? And he said, it's peckers. And Macy's like, no, it's a penis. And then she launches into the fact that penises go into vaginas and that's when the sperm comes out and it meets up with an egg. And Bentley goes, how does the sperm come out? (laughs) which is a very important and legitimate question. And Macy goes, we'll talk about that another time. And I'm like, what? No, talk about it now. He just asked. This is why you shouldn't be having this conversation on camera so that you can explain like an orgasm to him because this is all important conversation and it's all like... You need to give him the complete information. Like it's worth knowing this. His body's gonna start to change. Like he should know this. If you're having this conversation, this progressive open conversation with him. Give him all the facts and don't shut down the questions that he has. <sighs> so yeah, Macy's like, we'll talk about that a different time. That doesn't need to be included. And um oh, actually the Edwards conversation came after that. Now that I'm looking at my notes. Sorry, but basically Macy's like well we want you to talk to us and you can get the information from us and you know she has like a 50 percent of a conversation I'll say and then her and Taylor decide that in about a year he's going to have the like the man-to-man conversation there's also a moment where Macy says which I thought was nice she's like you know, soon girls are going to start looking a certain way to you or boys, maybe boys. She's like, it's okay if you don't like boys, but I want you to know that it's okay with me no matter who you like. I thought that was good and important, especially if he's going to a um, religious school. I think that if you are sending your child to a religious school, it's definitely important to be giving them progressive values at home if they're not getting that message at school. And I think that like I don't know. That's how my mom always talked to me. Like, you can like whoever you want, a boy or a girl, like from a very young age. So, like, I always understood that it was okay. And I like I like when a parent does that. I, you don't need to assume that your child is straight. And I think that, like, it opens the door if Bentley is gay or bi or whatever and he wants to talk about it with his mom, like, he knows that his mom already knows that could be an option. So, that I will say bravo to Macy. I think we've heard her do that before. And I like that. I think that that is a pretty good way to talk to your kid about that, at least. But don't have these conversations. If if you're listening to this podcast and you happen to have a reality TV show that features you and your children, don't have the sex talk with them on camera. Have it off camera so that they can ask the questions and you can get into what they need to get into. But yeah, that's it for Teen Mom this week. You know, I hope next week the Edwards and the McKinney's fight. Because I like when the Edwards and the McKinneys fight. (laughs) And I hope we see Amber talking shit on Leah. Look, is it great? No. But is it entertaining TV? Yes. (laughs) Like I said, if you want to hear me talk about sister wives or other shit, come to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Liz Explains. And if not, I will talk to you next week right here. All right, guys. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.